All right, welcome to the Camp Vibes podcast. I'm your host, Christian, and I just want to say uh, more than anything, I really appreciated the response from last week's podcast. It was great to hear from you. I think a highlight of mine personally was uh, uh, a friend of mine and her husband are in Thailand right now. Um, They moved their family out there. And, um, I just received a really encouraging Facebook message from her. She was someone who her and her husband worked at Camp Hammer when I was a camper there. And it was just crazy to get the message from her. I've known her over the years and I was very encouraged by her as well as many of your text messages and or Facebook messages. So thank you. Um, I'd love, I'm going to share more on that topic later and, I will check in with you guys about kind of loneliness and ministry, especially over the summer as, you know, the craziness of summer happens. So I just want to say thank you. Um, I have a friend in studio today. You can call this a studio sort of. But ladies and gentlemen, the man who writes the theme song. Uh, we've got Josh Lund here today. Josh, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Christian. Josh, have you ever been on a podcast before? This is my first time. First time. Josh, are you a little nervous? I'm a little nervous. You got some pit stains, I see. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> well, people can't see. Well, now they all know. Yeah. Um, so, Josh, you uh, wrote the theme song. And what I'm going to do, I'll tell people this right off. No one's ever heard the full song. If you, So if you've been at Frontier Ranch, you know the full song. But yeah. Uh, I'm going to, at the very end, I'm going to play the full song. Oh, wow. So I'll leave the full song on there. Um, and the song, so we, we, for one episode, I think we switched to secret agent. Yes. And it didn't go over so hot. Really? Yeah. I think people who've worked under me at frontier, there's some nostalgia with hello, Mr. Bear. Yeah. So they don't know know the new one yet. They don't know it yet. It hasn't been released. Yeah. 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 So I was trying to secretly release it, but I got a couple text messages of like, Hey man, lame. So, uh, (laughs) Before we get into you and your job and your role over the past couple of years in camp, and you've got a long lineage of camping in your blood, yeah. Um, tell me about "Hello, Mr. Bear" because I think this is a question that people want to ask. What What is the song about? "Hello, Mr. Bear." It's a story. Okay. Uh, the lyrics are literally, if you just read straight through the lyrics, it's about a guy playing his guitar in the woods. Mm-hmm. This bear sneaks up on him. He freaks out. He runs away. Mm-hmm. Um, he thinks the bear is going to eat him, mm-hmm. re- but he tries to go back to normal life, but he keeps seeing this bear following him around. Mm-hmm. So eventually he decides he's going to go back out to the woods and fight this bear. Okay. To kind of put a, put an end to it, whether good or bad. Right. It's driving him crazy. He goes out there. He's playing his guitar, waiting for the bear. The right. bear comes mm-hmm. and he starts trying to scare it off with sound and the bear starts dancing and singing or trying to sing. <laughs> and it's a... Uh, you know, he realizes the whole time the bear didn't want to eat him. It just really liked his songs. The bear, it ends with the bear was just a lover of the arts. Right. And um, it's this kind of, the what I wrote it about is really kind of the fear of the unknown. Yeah. That's what the bear represents is sometimes we're afraid of the future and we can get a kind of a little glimpse of the future. Right. We think it's going to suck. It's going to eat us. Nothing's going to stay the same. We're going to lose things. And you wrote this song. Right before your senior year of college, correct? Yes. Yeah. And you wrote it because why? I was facing the end of college. I was facing mm-hmm. pretty much the literal end of my childhood. Mm-hmm. I commuted to college. I, I stayed at home. So mm-hmm. it was like, after this, I'm going to move out. All my friends have moved away. Mm-hmm. I'm facing the end of this era and the end of school, essentially. And it was like, what am I going to do about this? And 
So have you learned that life outside of home is just one big lover of the arts? Is that what you've learned? That is what I've learned. Okay. <laughs> I wrote the song hoping that that's what I would learn, and I have learned that. Okay, that's good, man. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so kind of a funny story is you wrote that song shortly before summer of 2015, mm-hmm. right before your final semester of college, right? Yeah. Um, and we played that in a couple videos. It kind of became a theme song of 2015, a little bit of 2016 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it. I love that song. I've heard a couple of your other songs. Yeah. Um, right now I'm making Josh write a Jonah song that we're going to sing as like a worship song for camp this summer. Cause that's our theme. He's a very talented guy. So let, let's rewind before you kind of started life in this camping ministry. Mm. Um, I've got to spend a lot of time with you over this past year. Got to know you a lot. And you're a funny guy. Oh, thank you very much. Um, Josh has some of the best reactions to things of all time. It's, it's, it's a lot of like, oh, no, no. Oh, it's the best, man. So, so your camping is in your blood. Uh, you could say that, right? I could say that. Um, were you conceived out of camp? Probably. Um, <laughs> okay. I never went around to asking my parents how I was conceived. Okay. I kind of left that to be their own personal business. But they were at Mount Hermon? Yeah. Or my... what, talk, talk, to, talk to me about the Mount Hermon days with your dad. Well, so my dad, previous, before I was born, five years he was a camp director at Redwood Camp at mm-hmm. Mount Hermon. So they lived on the property. Um, when I was born, that was the last year that they were there. So I don't remember my time being at, at Redwood. Redwood Camp, yeah. And I remember you telling me a story where basically post Redwood, some camp basically called your dad and was like, save our camp. Well, tell us that story. I think that was pre-Redwood camp. That was pre-Redwood. Yeah. Okay. So what's that story? So he got called to – he went uh, to work at this camp uh, called Trout Creek Bible Camp up That's in right. Washington. And we met them at uh, one of the recruiting booths. Yeah. Yeah. They were using the same recruiting sign that my dad used when he was working. Right. <laughs> Which, it's a really cool sign. Sure, yeah. I think he had some people make it. He said he had a lot of woodworkers that were his kind of his friends, and they were like these leaseholders. Right. That just did woodworking projects, and he just helped. He asked them to make like board games and mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff like that. So, your dad, tell us the story, because it's a cool story. Yeah. So, he goes to work at this camp, and right when he starts being the director, they say like, we're, I think it's in the red is when you're... And you're bad. You're, yes, you're yes. in the red. So he's, they were, I think, $10,000 in the red. And they're saying they're probably going to end, like, shut down the camp after the summer. So they told him right when he started, you should probably start looking for another job. Mm-hmm. And so what he did, he just tried to cut costs in every way possible. He built his own ropes course. Um, he went recruiting to a bunch of churches and got a bunch of kids to volunteer to be the staff. And mm-hmm. then he just got brought in a, a bunch of people to work like to come to the camp all right. these kids and then like he cut costs by closing down you know the phone lines he did not let <laughs> kids use the phone lines it's probably good he like would reuse the bbs at the bb gun range they would collect like grab them. a metal detector or something yeah like, oh, yeah crazy. it was like a net so it would it would come all into the same net and they just reuse them that is and crazy so he did a bunch of stuff like that and he ended up at the end of the summer, they were 10000 in the black. So it like huge turnaround, saved the camp. But he had accepted a job at Redwood. Right, because he thought the camp was closing down. Yeah. So, yeah, he was at Redwood for basically the first year of your life or whatever. And mm-hmm. then he moved on from there to become a youth pastor in Fresno. And at a certain point, 
you were in Kingsburg mm-hmm. and you're like, I got to work at a camp. It was – so I didn't really care about camps until um, seventh grade when I went to a high, like a junior high camp. Where would you go? Heartland Christian Camp. It's it's up in Oakhurst, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so you went to camp and you're like, this is great. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. And so I went every year of high school. Okay. Even after high school, like my senior senior year of high school, they call it the super senior year of camp. So oh I yes, I know that, that year. And then I counseled there for one week for junior. Oh yeah, week. nice. And that was great. I loved it. And so then I found out about Frontier from my brother and sister who had worked there, and decided that that's what I wanted. To and do. how? What was your sister's connection? What was your sister's camp name? Her name was Minnie Mouse. Minnie Mouse. Mm-hmm. And your brother, we'll get him on the podcast. He's an intern over at Mount Hermon. Mm-hmm. His camp named Kermit. Yeah. Um, what? How did they hear about it? So my sister was the first, you know, she's the oldest. She was right. the first one to branch out and go do some camping ministry. Right. She started at Mount Hermon. Uh-huh. She did three summers. Okay. She was Belle over there. Mm. She loved it. Her third, her, it would have been her fourth summer. They changed some stuff. She didn't really, she wasn't really into it. So she was looking for another camp. And she prayed about it, and the first camp to contact her is what the one she was going to go with, and it was Mission Springs. Wow, crazy. So she went with it. And she was like a counselor or something that first mm-hmm. summer? Yeah. Cool. Um, so eventually, I think your first summer was 2013, mm-hmm. and you were a counselor that summer. Yeah. My first summer was 2014 as director, and yeah, I think I've told you this before, but like you, that summer was really hard and yeah. you, you saw a lot of it, but I, I latched onto you and I don't know why, <laughs> but I just knew like Josh is safe. He is great guy. Great counselor. You got mad at me a couple weeks in there, but that's okay. We've moved past that. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I pretty much sat at your table every single meal. And I did that for two reasons. One, you were a safe guy. You, you never really. You weren't mean to me or never really talked about me behind my back except for that one week, you know. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, there was space at your table. Frontier Ranch used to have these tables where I don't know. It was awful. It was awful. So the tables sat benches and you could sit 10 people at the table and yet our cabins had 11 people in them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they had 12 with like a hideaway. And so it was like the counselor and or the the LIT or the junior staff would have to stand up and eat the meal. But one of the tables was just a a rectangular eight-foot table with like benches. And so Mm -hmm. that was the one table where I could sit at. It was the best location. It It was was a great location. It was in the back. It was by the bathrooms. Mm -hmm. And then if you could go around the corner of the water fountain and fill up your water pitcher, you didn't have to go wait in line. That's right. It was – and I learned a lot from you sitting there with those kids – we played a lot of double tap, mm-hmm. and uh, one of our favorite memories is <laughs> well, I don't. You did the coffee grounds thing, yeah. but like I told the kids, like the worst thing that you could do is like, okay, if you lose a double tap, you have to drink a whole cup of black coffee. <laughs> And it was as if I told them to eat their own barf. They were like, no, gross, gross, gross. But then you told them something else. What did you tell them? I told them they had to eat a spoonful of coffee grounds. Right. Wet coffee grounds. Wet coffee grounds. <laughs> and they were like, no way, man. You're crazy, Bagheera. <laughs> yeah, we shut down Double Tap pretty quick. Yeah, but, well, it was like we just thought of like the worst thing possible. And then like, well, I'm not playing then. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Which was to my relief. It was, right. it was getting too crazy. Um, and then, uh, another memory of mine is 
you taught me how to eat apple pie correctly. Oh, yes. So they used to serve apple, apple pies at camp. And they don't do it anymore. Cut costs, you know. Mm. But how did you serve apple pie to your your group of kids? Well, I ran into this fraction dilemma <laughs> in which I had 10 kids in my cabin. Which plus was, you. Plus me. Yeah. And I wanted pie. Mm-hmm. And all my kids wanted pie. But it was pre-cut into eight slices. Totally. No matter how you cut the pie, two people were going to get shortchanged. Totally. And so I just would stick a fork into the pie and spin it around until the whole thing was just this big old cobbler mess. <laughs> and then I would just slop it on people's plates. <laughs> and everyone got a perfectly distributed piece of pie. Mm-hmm. But it was more like cobbler. Yeah. Cobbler is a better way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> Apple mush. Apple mush. And you know what? The kids loved it. Yeah. Uh, I told you this at the time, but like you were such a fun counselor to watch. I think you – people are going to be all bummed because I'm like – picking favorites, but I'm not like watching you and Zook council. Like you guys were something special. It was, it was evident that you loved the kids and, uh, I, I couldn't stop being around you. And, and, uh, I remember I've, I have cried publicly at frontier ranch. I think <laughs> like at the, on the last day, like when everyone leaves, um, it's an emotional day for a lot of people. The mm. only person I've ever cried leaving was when you left. And, I'm honored. Uh, yeah, you should be. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just connected. I was tied in. I watched. I watched you grow up. I watched you counsel these kids, and I watched you struggle through a hard summer of change. And you did a great job. And you came back for two more summers. Um, what'd you do your last two summers? Last two summers, I did this incredibly insane job called <laughs> team counselor. Yeah. And what was that like? And team counselor is the counselor to the guy counselors. There's a team counselor for the girls too. So there's you go from counseling 10 kids in a cabin a week to watching and overseeing 20 guy counselors. Right. Um, you know, and I enjoyed it. I loved it. It's a challenging job though. A hard job for yeah. sure. What was the most challenging part about it? The most challenging part is um, dealing with the insecurity of whether you're liked or not mm-hmm. by the counselors. And And we've talked about this before too, but – so in 2015, you have you and you have this guy named Frank mm-hmm. and, you know, the insecurities of sometimes, well, these guys, you know, they only like Frank. Why don't they come and talk to me? Or like Frank felt the same way. It's like these guys really only like Bagheera. Why don't they like me? You know, mm-hmm. and and you have to deal with that. But it's it's not true. It's just an insecurity that you have. Yeah. Um, I thought you guys handled it really well. You and your brother were team seeds last year. You guys handled that same thing very well. Mm-hmm. But – yeah, I remember like with a couple guys, they were called the crew. The crew, the, the boys. The boys. <laughs> um, they they would like be all jokey and jovial, you know, with, with the Hulk, Frank, and like you were like – you were dad. You know, Somehow was, see, I, I became that role. And they, they were like terrified of you. They're like, oh man, if Bagheera, if Bagheera got mad at us, that would be bad news, man, you know? <laughs> And it's just like – it's just how the role works. Some some guys wanted to be your buddy and other guys just wanted to – like they just took advice from you. You know, mm-hmm. you were the spiritual guy to them. So um, – and you loved it. You loved that job? Yeah, I did. And you, unfortunately – well, the jury's still out. You have not made the five-timers club. No. I, well, I will – Technically, working at Mission Springs as a whole, I don't know, man. I'll make the Six Timers Club. You you could, yes. Uh, So the Five Timers Club is you've worked on Frontier Ranch staff five times, kind of like SNL. We started it last year. 
Um, but you have a current job right now. What is your role right now? Right now, I am the conference center, Mission Springs Conference Center intern, the male staff intern. Male staff intern. Can we just push pause for a second? Yes. I, I want to rewind to Frontier Ranch. I forgot to bring this up. Okay. Your Frontier Ranch days. Josh had some lady problems at Frontier <laughs> <laughs> What? Oh, my gosh. We got to clear the air here, okay? okay? It's funny. It's funny. All right. It was 2014. We got to let it go. Oh, no. You're going there. <laughs> oh, no. Josh is a looker, right? I would not say so. Well, you. you know, sometimes... Like, I look for I look for women? No, I... no, 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 no. You're a good-looking guy. Uh, there's a, a running joke where it's like, I'm aboard the Lund train. You know, mm. the ladies like Josh. You do a great job of not letting it distract you, and you focus on the main thing, which is the campers and the staff. Focus on the Lord. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you've tried your best to not let camp relationships which everyone knows can be very distracting you've let it not distract you except except for one time one time (laughs) (laughs) and i i think this person is probably still a little mad at you but of uh, course but so you liked a girl we don't need several girls you did yes summer yes but you liked a specific girl and at the time that girl what happened there um you know I kind of – I liked her. Uh-huh. I didn't really know her very well. I wasn't thinking about a relationship. She approached me about it. Right. And in my mind, I was like, wow, we're from the same town. Uh-huh. So we, if camp ends, like this could actually work. Uh-huh. And then I thought like, you know, she's attractive. She's cool. Sure. I wouldn't mind like dating her to figure figure out if it's good or not. <laughs> you know? Um, Usually people figure out if it's good or not and then they date. Yeah, but, you know, you, know, you, I, were, you were 20. You I were hadn't dated I anybody – at that time I hadn't dated anybody in four years. So I was okay. thinking like I need to do something. That's I need fair. to get back in the that's game. Um, and so she approached me about it and I, I thought that's an attractive quality in a woman, you know, that they come up and they show their interest and they're on it. Sure, yeah. So I was like, sure. But what I didn't know is while we were like talking about this on the back deck, other people were listening through the windows – which is a common thing that happens mm-hmm. at, at Frontier. I, I, there was two staff members, Prancer and Posey, mm. that would leave their back window open. We were right next to their so window. So that they could hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so you and this girl started dating. Low key. Low well, key. I thought it was low key, but literally everyone in the camp knew by the next day. And this was a long relationship, long lasting, right? Yeah, my, probably my longest. You think so? Yeah. How, how many days did this one last? Three days. Three days. <laughs> <laughs> and in the course of those three days, you managed to make a lot of other girls kind of upset. Oh, gosh. None of them would talk to me. And I think it's because at the time, many of them had crushes on you. Mm-hmm. And you crushed their dreams. I was a flirter, and I learned not to do that. Yes, I, you did. I flirted with many women. And and it caught you in trouble a little bit. Yeah, really bad. And you grew up from there. Of course. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. But it is something that I'll constantly harp on you for. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, got to clear the air. Because I think looking back, right, you, you probably wouldn't have gotten into that one. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Because it damaged future relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get a we'll do a camp camp relationships podcast well, oh. another day. Oh man. Um 
I'll, never mind. So I was going to think of a sidebar, but I'll get back to that. <laughs> so, so let's fast forward now. You're, you're an intern here at Mission Springs. Yes. What does that mean? So intern is I'm kind of like – I'm really for the summer is what they hire you for. Is the summer. You're a summer staff counselor to the conference center staff, which right. is different from Frontier. Mm-hmm. We have 25 max spots at the conference center. And so usually it's supposed to be half and half guys and girls. Mm-hmm. I would be the staff counselor for the guys. Right. And then during the year, they try to put me on different, you know, with different departments. Mostly I'm with hosting. Right. So I'm sitting. Oh, and hosting is a big need here. Yeah. Uh, the hosting shifts are very, con- like they're constant. Yeah. Um, outside of hosting, what are some other gigs you've done? I've helped out with program. Okay. So which, that's my department. Yes. Yeah. Always a good time. Except when they make me lead games. Yes. Well, that's your fault though. <laughs> Because let's just clear this air here because you led games at Dads and Sons and you said that James didn't give you a chance on the microphone (laughs) and you were like, I can lead. I can do it. So then we let you lead games for men's conference and James didn't say anything and then you came back and what did you say? I hate this. Yeah. It's not an easy thing, man. It's not. Yeah. Leading games is hard. I mean, I'm great at leading games for a small group of people. But when it's – over 300 guys. Oh, my gosh. Not your thing. I froze up. But you did play drums that weekend, and that's I a different did. way of leading. You mm-hmm. did a great job. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So what else besides the program stuff do you do on hosting? Um, or, I mean, on, on as an intern? They put us with a couple different departments. We, we did, like, a couple weeks in the main office, which is mostly just, like, paperwork. Sure. We're just, like, shredding documents and going to the filing, you know, mini storage and stuff. And What then, do you think the goal is of all this? Uh, to learn about how a conference center or a camp in general is run mm-hmm. and to learn all the different sides of a camp and mm-hmm. ministry, which I have gotten a great glimpse into camping ministry and I've learned a lot. Can we go deep for a second? Yeah. Before the internship, you what, – what, what were you thinking you wanted to do before the internship? I thought I wanted to be a camp director. And, and where, where are you at with that now? I'm turning back around. You I, are? There was a, there was a point – between me and Christian when I said, no way, uh-huh. I want to be a camp director. And why why'd you say that? Because that was a good conversation we had. I just – I had I, – Did I, we I, – I took you out to a nice steak dinner. Yes. Was that when we had that conversation? I, I think, think so. so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so what uh, what were you feeling at the time? I just was looking at the camp director job and thinking there's so much that I would not know how to do mm-hmm. and that I was never trained on and I didn't know all this fin- the financial sides of it. And I thought there's no way I could ever – Get just hop right into that job. I'd have to work my way up. Mm-hmm. I thought I don't even know if like that's what I should be doing with my time is working all the way up to this job. Sure, um, but I've kind of turned around because I've I've really enjoyed the past few months of just being at camp and realizing mm-hmm. how great camp is. And you know, and, and to be honest, those those of you out there that do year round camping ministry. You know, at the time you said that, that was in what many would consider the darkest period of camping ministry, which is that November to January, uh, February era of like, yeah. it's raining, it's dark, it's less guest group, it's kind of gloomy, you have to work around Christmas time, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's hard. It's That is a tough season for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and so where you're at now is you're feeling a little bit better about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you want to get out of the internship? I want to keep learning more about camp. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's very general and cliche, but I think I, I really want to continue to learn 
how possible it would be for me to continue working at a camp and how possible it would be for me to keep working my way up. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of camp do you want to direct one day? Oh, probably a kid's camp. You're more into the kids stuff. Yeah. But you did tell me that you really like hosting. Hosting's fun. Yeah. What, what about hosting do you like? I like being able to help people. I like uh, the problem solving of it mm-hmm. because oftentimes people will ask me something, you know, and I'm the only guy during the night shift. Like if I'm hosting for the night, I'm the only guy there. I'm the only one that's there to help solve any problem. So it's really like puts me on my toes, sure. makes me think about solutions and stuff. And so it's it's kind of fun. And then there's the times when I'm vacuuming and cleaning rooms, that side of hosting. Um, that's actually pretty helpful for me because when I'm doing something like vacuuming, that's when I write most of my songs, actually. Well, let's get into the songs a little bit. So since you've been here, how many songs have you written? Probably over 50. And have you put music to the songs? Yes. Have you recorded them? No. How many songs have you recorded? Uh, maybe seven. Why is music special to you? Music is huge for me. Um, I was just raised, you know, raised in a musical family and... It really became huge for me when I started learning how to make my own stuff, mm-hmm. which was around high school. I learned guitar. I was mostly – I started with percussion mm-hmm. and drums and band and stuff. And so when I learned guitar, that was huge. And you know a lot more too now. You yeah. know more than just guitar and drums, right? Yeah. Well, I play guitar, bass, piano, harmonica. And you know how to read music, band. right? Yeah. Um, and you learned all that through Fresno Pacific, uh, Kingsburg high school, Fresno Pacific okay. band programs. So you're a music guy. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you used that in camp? I've used it to make songs mm-hmm. like hello, Mr. Bear played mm-hmm. it in a couple of camp videos. I've used it with leading worship and playing in the worship band, which has been really fun. Yeah. Um, we wrote a song for the girls one summer. That's right. What? Oh man, what was that song? How did that it go? That was Mr. Bear reworded to "Hello, Female Staff." Do you remember the chorus? Uh, there were several different choruses. <laughs> One of them was, "If you're looking for a man of God, a stud like Leonard." <laughs> Sorry's <laughs> Lenny's taken, but a lot of us are aching to take you out to dinner. Was the oh, that was one man. chorus? Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> like I said, ladies, man. <laughs> Hey, there was a couple of them crying at the end of it. I know. That's when they jumped aboard the Lund train was right after that. So <laughs> um, so you've been doing this internship for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about this a little bit, but you grew up in, you know, obviously same household. Um, you went to college. You lived in your parents' house during that time as well. Mm-hmm. You've now lived on your own and, and are kind of isolated in your camping world um, or where you live here, it's it's a nice little area down at our high school camp, um, mm-hmm. with, like that Young Life rents out called Wild Oak. Yeah, um, how's that transition been? Going from being around family, you know, most of the time, all the time, and now you're here and having to build a whole new community. Yeah, honestly, at first it was great because I had been living in, I was just got out of Frontier, and Frontier, you're constantly surrounded by people all the time Uh uh-huh and so i just went home for like a week and then i came back and lived by myself and it was so relaxing i'm like oh it's just my own place right i could watch movies as late as i want right you know it was great 
Um, then I now, had, yeah, <laughs> now it's still great. Uh-huh. You know, I've learned to really kind of entertain myself. Okay. I'm pretty good at being alone. I'm good at being with people. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it, I had to start finding people that I could hang out with in a community cause I was getting a little bit stir crazy. Sure. Yeah. You can only watch the office through so many times before. <laughs> I think you said yesterday, I started the office again. It's like, <laughs> Oh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, you feel like you're starting to gain a community around here? Yeah, I really do. Um, what, what are three things you've learned since being out here? Do how about this? You can include your summers. What are three things you've learned in camping ministry so far? Oh my gosh. Three things about, about myself or about, about yourself and or camp. Hmm. I learned a lot about myself. Okay. What's one thing you've learned? Oh, Gosh, I've learned that I am pretty self-conscious and have a lot of um, insecurities about things. And Mm. I have to just drown those out. And I work best when I'm just not thinking about those things. I picked up on that when we went recruiting together. Yeah. I think think you're just learning. Mm -hmm. You know, you're – it was – you started off – more timid at the beginning of that trip and then kind of became yourself at the end of it. Yeah. It takes me a while to get used to things. Uh And I think I've learned that about camp. Like I can't just hop in and be like Mr. Extrovert, silly guy. I have to like slowly ease my way into it. Right. And drown out all my like, what if these people don't like me or stuff like that. You think you're a people person? Like people pleaser? I can be. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's about yourself. What's something you've learned in camping ministry? Camping ministry is – it's huge and it it's like a necessity I think in the ministry field. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to love it because it just creates this alternative atmosphere to reality where people can come and separate from everything else and really just think about God. And I love that. It creates this atmosphere. I love it. Did you know that when you first started working at Frontier or now that you've gotten to see the year round a little bit? It's been the year-round thing, just being able to see families come in and all the different sides of ministry, churches come in or just even like a pastor's retreat. Um, That's been really cool to see how people just love the place. And even after, you know, you've been work, I've been working here, you know, over eight, eight months, I'd say. Yeah. And you you can kind of get used to it and not see the value or the beauty of camp. And then you see these people come in and they just love everything about it. Even the the food that, you know, I've had for weeks and weeks and weeks. (laughs) Sure. And they love it. They're like, this is the greatest food I've ever had. And you're like, what? Oh, sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's it's as if they see camp through the eyes of a camper who's never been to camp. And, you know, you're the counselor who's like, I'm so done eating the stupid baked potato meal. You know, and uh. they're like, these baked potatoes are incredible, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it is fascinating because they their eyes are open to camp for the first time where you're like, I've been there, done that. Yeah. And it's encouraging sometimes. Mm-hmm. What's, what's something you like want to learn moving forward? Hmm. I want to learn. What are you hoping to get out of this next year of your two year internship? I want to feel more <coughs> confident in pursuing camping ministry as a, as a career. Hmm. And more confident that I can do it and I can step up and take up on bigger responsibility jobs in the camping ministry. What was the biggest highlight of this past year of the internship? Definitely going recruiting with you and James. Oh, yeah. We're, we went to Oregon. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, would you say that we ate combined over 500 tater tots? I would say probably more than <laughs> that, actually. We had a lot of tater tots. And uh, if you've never been to McMinimins in Oregon, you should get their your, their Cajun tots. Oh. What about that trip? And and it's funny that you say that was your highlight because when I was a kid at Camp Hammer, I, I never got to go on a recruiting trip, but I did get invited to hang out with some like Camp Hammer staff outside of the summer, and it just meant the world to me. And I don't really know why, but what do you think about what what about that trip was I think a, a, an encouraging thing for you? Um. So before that, you guys were the directors of Frontier. You were my mm, bosses. Sure. And you know, I'm in this intern position, still kind of feeling like a noob. Mm-hmm. And you guys really asked me a lot of questions about myself. You wanted to get I got to, to know, know a lot about you. Yeah. You wanted to get to know me outside of being a summer staff. And that was really encouraging. And it made me feel more like like I belonged at this camp, like I was actually valued and that I wasn't just like a part time staffer that's gonna leave in two years, you know. I remember at one point I asked James and I was like, dude, I think we're being kind of annoying. We're asking him like every question ever. You know what I learned about you is you've never said a curse word. Yeah. Is that still true? Still true. Oh, man. And you – I'm trying to think. What What are some other things I learned? Well, I learned about the frontier dating thing. <laughs> that was a great story. Um, yeah, I think I think another fun thing I learned is – just about your family. I didn't really know much about your dad and his heart for ministry. And mm-hmm. and uh, I think that heart and that passion and that desire your dad has had, you know, one of the things you've told me about your dad is he he's like, uh, I, I don't remember the full story, but, you know, basically there was no finances at times in the family. Mm-hmm. And your dad would just like trust in God, rely on the Lord. And you got to watch that growing up. And then all of a sudden someone would write a check and it'd be great again out of nowhere out of nowhere and that plays true for you now you're very relying you very much rely on god's provision Mm -hmm. um where does the whole like thrift store thing come from thrift store thing what do you mean well you only you only buy deals (laughs) you know you only get cheap deals and and you you're the one guy i know who goes to the thrift store and just gets cassette tapes Oh, yeah. You mean my bargain man, old-fashioned. Yeah, where does that come from? I, you know, I don't really know. I think it comes from my dad. My dad loves going antique shopping and going to thrift stores and trying to find things and sell them on eBay for more money. (laughs) It's like his version of fishing. Oh, yeah. Isn't he a guy that also likes to do like the the coin picker-upper, the metal metal detector? Yeah. Yeah. He's looking for valuable things in – the wreckage, you know. That's right. Yeah. Redemptive, redemptive uh, strategies, I guess. I'm looking <laughs> to redeem the forgotten, you know. And I, I'm kind of like that too. I, I love to go and find things that most people look off as like, oh, that's trash, and being able to bring life to it. Sure. Um, I find that to be fun. Like, this, here's this old forgotten cassette tape that no one's going to use ever again. And I'm like, I have a cassette tape player in my car. Sure, I'll listen to some Elvis Presley every now and then. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, well, I think we're going to end here. All right. But what I've wanted to do with you, because I think you'd be a fun guy to do this with, is back in 2014, it was my first week on the job. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I was completely scared of all the summer staff. And I had this great idea of watching Ernest Goes to Camp. 
because as a kid, I, I was, um, I, I loved that movie. I thought Ernest Goes to Camp was like the greatest movie of all time. And I remember like going around to staff and it's like, yeah, we're going to watch Ernest Goes to Camp, man. It's going to be awesome. And everybody just gave me this, like, this is the dumbest thing ever. And I would venture to say that most people during the movie hated every second of it, except for one man. <laughs> And that man's name was Joshua Lund. And you loved it, right? Of course I loved that movie. And I thought about this. At, at some point, we'd, we'd have to do it at my house. We'd have to watch the movie together, take notes, mm. and then basically talk about how unrealistic this world of camping ministry is. We should make it a very formal event. I Well, I think w- <laughs> what I'd want is to to just talk about how there's no way that a camp counselor is – a 57-year-old chain smoker who wears the same outfit every day, <laughs> you know? Um, and, you know, it's it's like one of the, you know, they like tell scary ghost stories or whatever. And one of the stories is like about the tomahawks being thrown at this guy. Oh, and, yeah. And it's like we would never tell that at Frontier Ranch. Well, they, they like practice it. <laughs> yeah, they their... practice it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, they have like like – at camp during camp like explosives are going off yeah. at camp yes <laughs> and i want to really write all these things down and talk with you about it so are you game to do that at some point totally that would be awesome well dude i appreciate you being on hopefully it was a good podcast experience for you mm-hmm. um and i'm gonna play mr bear at the very end here to let people kind of listen to it in its fullness because we really only played the first intro clip um and i want to say like last week i talked a little bit about kind of loneliness and ministry and how hard leadership is. And you've seen me, you've seen me at my worst, you know, and, uh, you know, having to fire somebody, um, having a a staff member, you know, have a full blown meltdown on me. And, and you've seen me in the loneliest times of ministry. You've seen me in happy times of ministry. And this was a good podcast just to talk and just to hear what you're learning and what you're growing in. And I'm excited to see your future in camping ministry. I think you're someone who I clearly latched onto, you know, four years ago, and I still am invested in your career moving forward. Thank you so much. So let me know what I can do to get you jobs somewhere post Mission Springs. All right, man. All right, I will do that. All right, man. Well, everybody, enjoy Josh's song "Hello, Mr. Bear," and we'll see you next week. Strumming my guitar. See, I thought I'd spend the day relaxing by the river and singing a couple tunes to spend the time. But you were looking for a tasty snack, maybe my liver. Well, I gotta tell you, bear, that thought just makes me scared. Back, it makes me quiver. So sorry, Mr. Bear, to cut our meeting short, but I can't stick around anymore. the week when I made it 
safe and sound. I try to go back to living life, but sadly I found that everywhere I went, the same old Barry followed, tracking me just like a bloodhound. And you looking for a tasty snack, maybe in my liver. To the river to fight that bear. As I waited in the woods for hours, I played a couple tunes to calm my nerves. And then I saw the bear, my heart began to pound. So I played the music louder to scare him off the sound. But oh, to my surprise, the bear started dancing and made attempts to sing along. All this time, I thought the bear was sure. Just a lover of the earth. 